0: Alright, looks like we are live. What is going on everyone? And welcome to the Xbox Roundtable Podcast. This is episode number 175. I'm your host, Invader, and admittedly we've got a heck of a lot to talk about tonight. We've got a bit of catching up to do, uh, news-wise, from the last two weeks... Uh, Bethesda was officially welcomed to the Xbox family, and it looks like we've got confirmation on how the whole exclusivity thing will work. Also, Xbox Game Pass adding a big AAA game day one, and a new Xbox event to look forward to at the end of March. Wow, we we really got uh, quite a few things here to cover. However, before we dive into all that, let me introduce tonight's panel. And admittedly, we're a little uh, short staffed tonight, but you know what? We got a couple of really great guys here, along with a fantastic guest. And joining us is his first time on the show. Somebody who you've probably seen around a few podcasts already. Uh, please welcome with us tonight a really great guy, Pong Soul. How are you doing, bud? Invader,
1: thank you so much for having me uh last minute but you know what i'm glad i could hop in here and i'm glad we could get the tech stuff figured out there but uh no it's great to be here big week of news and i always love talking about it so i'm happy to be here man chat's looking good panels looking good so let's do this
0: yeah no totally pong and yeah thanks for uh coming on by bud it's uh Great to have you here with us, like I said. Now on to the TXR regulars, and I'll start off with Centurion. Buddy, buddy, how are you doing this weekend?
2: Oh my god, I am doing good. I'm excited to be here. I got my brother Pong on the other side of the table. Oh my god, extremely short notice. He is going in for that clutch for that superhero cape against Mr. Dreadpool. I'm telling you what. Uh, was coming in, you know, saving the day. Uh, Man, you are everywhere on almost every podcast imaginable now. I cannot think of one show that Soul has not been on, either in chat or on the actual uh, cast itself. But uh, other than that, man, I have been kind of dabbling back into the outer worlds. I bought it. I wanted to play the DLC. Uh, There was an issue with syncing my game rather than totally getting freaked out i deleted everything cloud saves everything and i've had to start over from scratch and i've actually been enjoying starting over playing the outer worlds and one thing that it kind of dawned on me is even though it's a game that i have technically played once and beat it, it, i feel like i'm playing technically an all-new game because it's on the series x um, those god-awful load screens from playing it on the xbox one x are extremely completely different I feel like the game looks even more beautiful just because it's, it's a Series X. The game's obviously more stable. Um, and then it's an RPG. You, can not, you could technically play the game completely different. And so I'm having a blast kind of re-exploring a game that I technically have already
3: played. I'm upset I didn't start it on Xbox now because I can't get a 3080 to save my life. And so it's not like I'm going to upgrade my PC <laughs> right at this moment. And I'm stuck on a mechanical hard drive on the PC. So I'm like, shit, I wish I started on the X. Now it has all so the features. So <laughs> I can kind of see
2: that because the funny part is I was playing it today and my wife walked by and I'm on the first planet where you got to go find like the the like the like settlers that went and made a botanical garden. So they have like all the trees and everything. And you're watching just the wind blow in the trees and everything's moving. And it just looks so clean. I was just – Uh, Dude, like Obsidian just definitely shines in this game. And I completely, uh, even though it's a game in Game Pass, I am completely happy and justified in buying a game in Game Pass because this is a title that is well worth adding to your game library uh,
3: to always have around. That's one thing Microsoft should do is make sure, like mandatory, if the game's on both Xbox and PC Game Pass, make sure they somehow enable cross-save. Cross-save that, that, that like would sucks. be a big thing.
2: I really like, because there's Cause some stuff doesn't. that... Uh, there's some stuff that I would like to see cross-save. Um Like, there's no cross-saves in ESO. Uh, Pong Soul can actually attest to that. Um I found out that Pong Soul played ESO very heavily on the PlayStation, and... Awful. <laughs> and the only reason why he mm-hmm. does not play now is because his entire account and everything's locked on a network he no longer wants to play on. And I'm just like, man, you would think a company like ZeniMax would totally jump at the idea of somebody wanting to continue, wanting to spend money in their ecosystem, but they just want to switch networks.
0: Mm -hmm. No, no, that's a great point too. Uh, Definitely lots to uh, bite into on that one. Um, Shockley Buddy, hey, how is your um, Xbox situation (laughs) looking right now? Uh, not good. I
3: did somehow magically get it to do the factory reset, and I thought I was good, and now it's still turning off after like two seconds. So should have shipped it out last Monday, so it would have been at least a week closer to getting it back. <laughs> so that sucks. But then I've been I picked up the Pulse headset for the PlayStation, so I've been jumping back on the PS5, going through uh, Spider Man Remastered and some of those. So I'm like, well, I'm good. I, I have both consoles, so I'll just you know delve into playstation more this coming week so but other than that but it's kind of sucks i just got the xbox headset and i was like cool i fixed it and i get to you know because on windows i can't figure out how to do i don't think you can do the equalizer stuff like you can on the console Hmm. i've been dabbling with the atmos on the pc but i would not sure if that's the same do,
2: I think you, it might be an app you're going to have to download from the Windows store because it's an app. Technically, the accessories app, uh, like for the controllers and stuff, is something that's kind of like in the background. You never know it's there until you need it. And I think for PC, it's just something that you just have to download. because, like, um, Yeah, I was trying to find that. I got the Atmos
3: app, so I have that, and I went into those settings. But I'm not seeing the equalizer thing that I see on the Xbox hmm. from people using it. But I mean, maybe you have to download a certain app.
0: So mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe I, I admittedly I have to play around with it a bit more. But uh, still, I mean, it's a nice piece of kit to say the least. Um, to
3: everyone out there, this is the mic quality. So I'm actually using it, and the mic. So I I thought the mic was from what the reviews. I thought the re- mic was kind of like lackluster. But if this sounds okay, then you know, there you go.
0: Yeah, because that's something I was hearing. I, uh, admittedly, like I was telling you before, the Show Shock, I hadn't really had a, a good chance to try out the mic portion of it just yet, but sound-wise, it was good. But yeah, I was hearing all kinds of different, well, a few reviews anyways, talking about how the mic quality was a little subpar. This but... is on my PC. I,
3: I don't have that dongle. I did purchase it, so it's coming like Tuesday.
0: Uh, to where It
3: actually makes the audio a little bit better quality on the PC because it doesn't have the tech built in to most PCs like Xbox. The Series X does with the headset because they kind of use their own proprietary audio frequency. Um, so I bought that little 25 It's like a $25 dongle, so you can use all your wireless controllers and headsets on that technology. So it's supposed to improve the audio versus mm-hmm. just Bluetooth
0: audio. Uh, according to Six Layer, there is a link to the Xbox accessories app, Shockley. So I don't... Maybe follow up with him on that. Um, good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that's quite, again, I need to play around with it a little more. Um, Hey guys, just a reminder before we get into all the topics. Uh, we had a fantastic show last Sunday with Xbox's David Preen. We talked about again the war- Xbox Wireless Headset and a few other Xbox-related things. So definitely give it a listen if you'd like to learn about the design process of the device and so much more. I mean, <laughs> I'll admit that was a really fun show. That was a really good show. Um, oh, hey, we got Dirt Griggy here with the five dollars super chat. What's going on, guys? Shout out to the panel. I took a loan from the bank to pay the one-time $15 for the Dolby Atmos on my new headphones. Sup, Pong, Soul. (laughs) Oh, man. Have you guys seen... Oh, my God. Did that just make it into the freaking
2: Super Chat? I was just looking at on Twitter. I was like, is there really somebody believing this? And now, all of a sudden, it's in the Super Chat.
0: Oh, that's great. Oh, no. There's been chatter, like at least for the past day, maybe a little more about, uh, people going on about how for the wireless headset you have to, yeah, you have to pay like, yeah, 15 bucks for the Dolby Atmos. It's like, yeah, Microsoft doesn't exactly, uh, well have a choice about that. I mean, it's Dolby's baby, you know, like it's no, it's
2: not. I I bought technically a, 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 a platronics headset that I keep around for a backup pair, just in case my my battery dies on either one of my wireless ones. Um, and I bought it specifically because it came with Adobe Atmos card. Mm. I, I knew that Do- I knew that Dolby Atmos cost money.
3: That's why people I'm just like. like I don't, people are like, this is gonna set a bad precedent. I'm like, you mean the precedent that was set four years ago when this app. Came out <laughs> four years right. ago. I
2: thought it's been like that since Dolby Atmos existed on the console. I thought it's been, to me, Atmos has been there for at least
3: 2017. At least the app, the $15 uh, app on the Xbox One. I well, think that was
0: guys. You know what? I'm gonna time. do I'm gonna use my Xbox rewards and just uh, yeah, re- like was uh,
3: six months apparently. <laughs> if you link up your headset
2: and it's and, the the thing is, and it's a lifetime it's a lifetime thing for your account it's not like it expires cr- i mean it's
3: crosses over generations too and like i if know you, had and, it years ago, you still got yeah,
2: it yeah and like for people who are like oh 15 bucks and you're crazy like i'm getting you can technically buy a lifetime subscription to a to a vpn for like 15 to 20 bucks if you go to certain services so i mean like 15 dollars for that is not extreme Right.
3: Yeah. Also, Sony doesn't even give you the option. They have no competition, whereas Microsoft, they have. People are saying they're going to wait features after six months. I'm like, no, you still have Windows Sonic. That's the free version. And you still have your choice of DTS or Dolby Atmos. You have no options on Sony. You just have their Tempest engine. That's it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I hear all this stuff about, you know, Sony with their Tempest technology, and i just like, guys, I, I don't want to hear about this. Why Why are we even talking about this? I mean, it's just, oh, it's so silly. I don't know anymore. Um, That's
3: true, but those uh, headsets of theirs, I have them, and they need bass. Like, I was playing Miles Morales, and I'm like, which has a lot of bass in the music selection, and it should not sound, like, soft.
0: <laughs> hmm.
3: like. For all the tempest, like, oh, it's better than Atmos. I'm like, whoa, it's missing bass. So, mm,
0: that's a shame. I was looking into getting those headphones, but uh, I mean, that's something they can fix on the software side, I'm sure. So, mm-hmm. hopefully, they do. Yeah, And it's, it's just it, weird, weird uh, conversations happening. It's like first it was about power, now it's about uh, then it was about games, and now it's about ten dollar so, one time fees. Well,
2: actually, <laughs> you know what? Let's just. I hate to play devil's advocate. I know we got our subjects, but like, uh, if we look at uh, Infist in the uh, the chat, he even thought that Dolby Atmos was a yearly subscription. So honestly, we all know that regretfully, Xbox's major fault is marketing, um, and definitely this is something that definitely they should nip because Microsoft lately is wanting to nip almost anything in the butt when it comes to something like that and I mean Microsoft could easily just come out and do a thing real quick just to explain to everybody that Dolby Atmos like this is a service this is the way it works and that when you pay the fee th- it's a one time lifetime subscription this isn't something that you got to basically keep paying like they've kind of like horn swoggled you into paying a subscription service on a headset yeah, mm-hmm. Centuria,
1: they don't need to explain a dang thing, okay? Microsoft does not have to answer for this. Any kind of Dolby Atmos device that you're going to purchase, uh, if unless they're going to give you uh, the actual service for free or include it in the device, you have to pay for it. Everybody knows that these days. And if they don't, they're not being they're not educating themselves. And it's not Microsoft's job to educate the consumer. It's not like you can't. Use the the headset without it. I mean, the the sound is you you can use the headphones. You just have an option of having Dolby Atmos. So I don't think Microsoft needs to do anything. This is a bunch of trolls who are either obviously willful willful willfully ignorant or obviously intellectually dishonest. Okay. And they're just doing this on purpose. It it started as a joke and then they all got carried away as per usual. And here we are now with people actually
2: taking it seriously. Um, And and Microsoft does not have to respond to this one. To explain the difference, it would be like trying to tell the difference with a pair of headphones, the difference between uh, a a 5.1 system and a 7.1 system. Correct. You would have to listen that carefully to know what you're listening for, right? Uh, but that that uh, but definitely, uh, if you really think about it, though, like that's where it goes beyond a headset because now if you take and you pay mm-hmm. that fifteen dollars, you can hook a sound bar through the optical output on some of these consoles and stuff, and now you have Dolby Atmos on a sound bar. Um, if you actually set your Xbox up right for it to actually put all the audio through the optical output. So it actually goes way beyond just the
3: headset if you if you hook certain equipment up to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Notice how they don't bring up that uh neither Sony or, or Xbox or Microsoft or, should say um paid for the license fee for Dolby Vision on their 4K Blu-ray players. So
1: <laughs> it's kind of right. like the same
3: thing but Right.
1: It, yeah. It's just it's it's just all stupid. I mean, we're, we're in the, it, We've gotten to the point of lunacy at this at this juncture when when these people have nothing left uh, to complain about or, or to try to, you know, try to get a win online with they've got to come so, at Dolby Atmos app. Are you serious right now?
2: It's. It, it, enough's enough so we we mm-hmm. have a radio station out here that i love and the guy came out uh, a few months ago and said can we just go back to the good old days where the village idiot was just disregarded and nobody paid attention to him instead of being given a platform for him to just you know spout his rhetoric on
0: well uh, again guys it's just both consoles have their pluses and minuses or head headphones headsets etc but i mean i don't know these conversations i just find are kind of wacky but um Yo, fellas, we will move on and we will go straight into our first topic tonight. And you know, the time has finally come, fellas. Bethesda and all the other Xenomax Media studios are officially a part of Xbox Game Studios. Now, Xbox had a roundtable discussion welcoming them to the Xbox family, and head of Xbox Phil Spencer basically he gave a straightforward answer where Bethesda Games will be, stating that, and I quote if you're an Xbox customer, the thing I want to know, sorry, the thing I want you to know is that uh, it's about delivering great exclusive games for you that ship on platforms where Game Pass exists, and that's our goal. Now, Pong Soul, I'll hit you up first on this one, buddy, I'd like to uh, give our guess the first questions on this show uh do you think phil's messaging was pretty clear with uh bethesda and zenimax games uh where where they'll be heading
1: uh yeah this is this was definitely crystal clear. This, There was no question about where it was going. Uh, is it just me, or does this feel like this happened like three months ago already? <laughs> this, I mean, we've had so much news. This is crazy. Um, but yeah, no, Phil came out and did exactly what he had to do. Uh, he actually said more than I originally thought he would. Uh, I was hoping for something like this, but I did not. Uh, you know, I didn't want to set my expectations too high because Phil can be very careful. Um, When it comes to the PR speak and making sure that he's not backed into a corner. Um, So I was delighted when he actually said what he said, because it left no room. Uh, for any kind of discussion, even though people have tried to have discussions around a couple of the terms he used like legacy. Um, but if you understand what he's talking about, and again, if you if you're not willfully ignorant or intellectually dishonest, you know what he's talking about. He's talking about all of the games that are already on the other consoles, such as ESO, Elder Scrolls online, fallout seventy six, and also he's talking about supporting um, all of the, other games that are already on those systems. So if there's some DLC to come out, let's, you know, let, let's say with death loop, they decide to do some DLC down the road. What he's talking about is death loop will be considered a legacy game because it'll be, have been already on the PlayStation consoles and they will go ahead and support that. They, they will produce the DLC as per the contract stated when they, when they went to acquire Bethesda. So, and Zenimax, I should say. So, Again, he laid it out crystal clear. He drew the line in the sand. He made it absolutely 100% uh, about the Xbox ecosystem and about us as the consumers of the Xbox ecosystem that this purchase was for us and for Xbox and that they are going to deliver those exclusive games for us because he understands and his team understands that that's important because Game Pass is now the platform and in order to have the Game Pass go where they want it to go. We're talking about 50 million, 100 million, 200 million subscribers at some point down 10, 15 years. What they need to do is supply content and they gotta feed this monster just like Netflix does. Again, it, it's the only comparison that works. It's gonna be a little different than Netflix, but at the same time, it's the one that works because they're modeling themselves after that. So you gotta look at that and say, okay, they need to continuously pump content into this. And that's what this acquisition is about. It's about obtaining more talent under one umbrella underneath their first party so that they can push push out high-quality games on a regular basis for all of us who are in the Game Pass ecosystem. And he made that clear through his statement, saying that these will be exclusive to any you know, device that has game Pass is you know, and so what he's, he's leaving the door open that if Nintendo decides that they want to go ahead and allow game pass or, or Sony, uh, which is, uh, you know, we don't, we don't think that's going to happen, but let's say one day they decide to put game pass on, uh, and allow it on there. He's saying that those will those games would be there then at that point. But for right now, he's talking about Xbox, the Series consoles, the the older Xbox consoles, PC, you know, uh, mobile, and obviously tablets, whatever. Um, that's what he that's what he's focused on. That's what his team is focused on, and that's what this acquisition was all about. And there is no more question about where they're going now, and that's beautiful. We we win. Uh, the gamers win that, that are in the Xbox ecosystem. So I'm a happy camper, and I'm really happy that he came out with the statement that he did.
0: Mm-hmm. No, totally. And again, the key words here is that, you know, everything... I, well, the, my main takeaway would be everything else is related to Game Pass and Game Pass devices or devices that support them. So Xbox, PC, cloud gaming... Again, you have all those options there, but they're exclusive to... Again, I've been talking about this for months now. It's all about the ecosystem. Sure, they have those contractual obligations such as Deathloop, Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, that Doom 3 VR game. Like, there's a few things in the works here. Plus, admittedly, we still don't 100% know about what the contract is with that Indiana Jones game. However, again, judging by you know, PlayStation not exactly acknowledging it when it got announced. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking... That was telling. Yeah, it's kind of very telling. But again, they haven't really stated that much.
3: Microsoft didn't own them yet. It was just like in between the acquisition. So it wasn't like they couldn't... It's not like Microsoft had dibs on like... And maybe they maybe they had... I don't know if they have a marketing, uh, you know, agreement... <laughs> or if, like, Microsoft's had that going, but that could be why, because I remember when Microsoft couldn't say anything about, what, Destiny, except for, like, that cologne, I guess, or something. So yes. that, that could be something like that, but... Mm.
0: Yeah, no, totally. A... I mean... Again, like, I've been going back to the argument of, like, why would you purchase... Again, all those IP that are storied franchises... And like seven point five billion billion, uh, seven to eight exactly. studios, and you put these games on other platforms. Again, you have your contractual obligations, but in the end, it doesn't make sense because content... You know, I've been hearing for a while that content is king. And when you're building the type of ecosystem that uh, Microsoft is, that Xbox is, you don't make this kind of a purchase... Without putting those games directly, exclusively into your system. Granted, again, they're we d- we don't know everything, but it's just from the wording that I'm seeing them use, and it, I mean, it, to me, it's pretty much a, a, a closed door on this. That they're all—they're not going to allow
3: all these Bethesda games to go to a platform where they can't entice you to sign up for Game Pass. They're just not going to do that. That defeats the entire purpose. <laughs> it's like, hey yeah, you guys all like PlayStation, you know, cause I did so well. Um, cool. This gen. Cool. Just keep playing the PlayStation and, and don't, you know, subscribe to us. Cause that's, you know, cause they tend to probably make more money that way. You know, just think about like how many few games people buy. So if they can get that steady stream, that's what they want. So, you know, they, they got their bases covered. They don't need to make their money back and like, which they already did make the money back for this acquisition in like one of the last year's quarters. So that's kind of covered already. Um, But they got Mm -hmm. PC, they got mobile, they got console, so they pretty much got all their bases covered, so they don't need to, you know, cater to PlayStation, especially this right now, because a lot of these games are going to be next-gen only, probably in these next coming years, like Elder Scrolls, probably, and the bases aren't that big right now. It's not like they're... I don't know if they're going to release on the PS4, or like not PS4, but like uh, Xbox One, and, you know, by the time Elder Scrolls drops, so by that point, you're not catering to a you know 100 million ps4 base anyway.
0: Mhm. Yeah. I mean, you look at the titles they got under their belt now. You got Doom, Wolfenstein, um what Elder Scrolls, Fallout, like the list goes on, uh Prey, Dishonored, Dish- yeah. yeah, I mean they they got all kinds Evil of... Evil within. Well, even some of those, yes, yes, of course, and even some of the classic franchises that I think that uh, they'd be interested in bringing back, such as Quake, like... Yep. There are... They yeah. got to go get
1: uh, Carmack. Carmack made that tweet when they first announced the uh, acquisition that he he would like to come back and work with some of his old, uh, you know, some of his old babies that he created. And obviously, he had the issue with Zenimax and the board uh, more so than anything. But he has zero issue with uh, Microsoft and Xbox, so they should reach out to Carmack and bring him back and have him redo Quake. It'd, it'd be fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. And can you imagine adding in like? xbox exclusive characters to it too and just you know like oh yeah master chief <laughs> actually I, I would love to see like i don't know i could see some silly stuff being added to That's that what too talked about with
3: the uh, Edtech you know m- mixing some of that with you know, the Gears, fran- or Gears franchise or Halo franchise or just, you know, just the other studios in general.
0: Well, yeah, you mentioned that at the round table, it had a v- some very interesting uh discussions. Like, I- again, just to piggyback off what you were saying, Chuck, uh Phil was talking about uh having the idea of having like 343 and id, you know, kind of sharing things back and forth, different ideas. Um, again, can you imagine using id on some of their properties too? Just sharing like that id tech technology, that engine, just sharing it around to some different studios. That's uh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's a pretty impressive engine. I mean, Doom Eternal is bloody gorgeous. (laughs) Um, and people
3: think this is like uh, I don't like saying it's bad, you know, for the industry. I'm like, if anything, this is good because. You know, if you just kept Microsoft going with their slow buying, you know, buying like smaller studios and building them up over time, like how, you know, certain people want Microsoft to do, that's going to take a lot of time. And they're never going to it's going to be a while before they really start, you know, about, ba- you know, the balance of power starts at least shifting a little bit towards a little bit more balance, um, you know, because you don't want Sony to just run away, you know, so far like they did like the last and you want a little bit more pressure on them, which is only going to help you know, PlayStation gamers. So I was fine when they bought insomniac. Cause I'm like, look what we got. Maybe mm. Spider-Man's gone your favorite platform, but we never got a Spider-Man game like that top quality. So, right. You know, there were some benefits to it and think about it. Not all these studios were going to be around. Like you think our arcane, like all of them, were going to, no, they're going to cons- probably consolidate. Look at EA. They, look how many studios they bought up and look how many they have left. Do they even have more than a handful Mm-hmm. like they closed down even studios that made great games dead space uh what was that visceral yeah closed them visceral. down like who do they have left <laughs> like except respawn basically and like the battlefield devs i guess ea dice at that still a thing
0: uh yeah they've they've been cut yeah they've been like rebranded to like something within dice too yeah Cause, yeah they were da- danger close they were, they were danger close and then they got rebranded that's right after uh at medal of honor forgot about that well that, and think about it
3: look at the studios that had to take those one-year deals to kind of like get some of that recoup some of the cost tango and arcane mm-hmm. so that's that's probably not great signs when you have to sign that over and you're you know supposed to be a giant publisher
0: mm-hmm. Absolutely. that's signs
3: of like hey you know last game didn't hit you know okay this game well we need an insurance policy on this one <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, admittedly, Arcane's games haven't exactly uh, set the world on fire, but maybe Dishonored. The first Dishonored game did well, but a couple of them didn't exactly sell. I think that great. did great
3: because it was a it was big install bases on both sides,
0: mm-hmm. and
3: there wasn't a lot coming out like late that gen, especially on the Xbox side. Yeah, so that's how I found that game. So.
0: Yeah, I remember being really excited. I, I liked it. I liked the style of it. Um, I can't say I really enjoyed the stealth so much. But, I mean, it had a lot of interesting aspects to it. Don't get me wrong. And I know a lot of people enjoyed the game. I, I was just kind of 50-50 on it. But um, either way, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to what Arcane has in store. And really, guys, I mean, considering ZeniMax had put, you know, all these studios on the block, it's better... You know, you look at all the companies that could have acquired Bethesda and all the ZeniMax studios. I mean, Microsoft is one of the better ones. Well, you know, or they turned into one of the better options, anyways. I mean, I would hate to see them under Activision or EA, Tencent for crying out loud. So
3: yeah, it's inevitable. It's it's the consolidation. People were like, you shouldn't applaud consolidation. Sure, but consolidation is going to happen. You know run from it destiny still arrives the same just just the thanos so it's it's gonna just keep consolidating
0: well it's just gonna happen look at over time um,
3: like in the next 10 20 years probably capcom and square are gonna be under you know bigger
0: companies look at embracer group for example uh like, they're the ones with the THQ and all them. They, they what was it, a couple of months ago, they bought Gearbox. Uh, Microsoft was apparently talking to them. Actually, I'm kind of glad that uh, Microsoft kind of dodged a bullet there with Randy Pitchford. But apparently, they're pulling their money, too. They want to, I don't know if it's in the billions, but it's close to that. They're still in the market ready to spend. They've been buying studios like crazy, too. Um Again, everybody's just trying to pick up talent Talent right now. It's crazy. So I'm really glad. Again, I don't want monopolies in the industry. But at the same time, this was a very good thing
3: This stops a monopoly. Like, if mm-hmm. Xbox is gone, like, PlayStation almost has a monopoly on the console market. Like, outside of Nintendo, which just does their own thing. Anything as far as, like, the next-gen console market, they basically have, that's all theirs. <laughs> mm-hmm. All to themselves. So, if anything, this balances that power with all the studios Sony has. And, like, say, Microsoft just, I don't know how many... Now, at a certain point, if they, you know, bought Square and, like, a Capcom and, like, it just went nuts, then, yeah, you would have a point at, you know, it getting to a little crazy. But I think at least this purchase, as we stop, like, right now, I don't know if they're planning to make big acquisitions. They might just be looking at still smaller studios like they were doing, and this was just, like, their big splash. But right now, at least balances look over this next gen this is probably going to be a pretty competitive gen over all three of the console makers so
0: mm-hmm. no and i agree i agree it's looking pretty good i mean i think you'll see nintendo uh you know get a little more aggressive with their hardware personally but because um, they need to keep up they need to keep up but uh, obviously they have no pr- no problem selling software by any means Um, Hey guys, did you see Todd Howard's uh, comments? He made some uh, interesting uh, comments during the roundtable. Like when he was talking about when Fallout 76 released and they had countless issues. I mean, everybody remembers that. Um, it's Fallout 76 is kind of like a giant meme, but they've, they've sort of recovered, but apparently he called Phil for help and he was directed to some people at Xbox and they gave Bethesda some advice on how to move forward and stabilize the game. I mean, you know, stuff like that, it really helps build a relationship, especially during, you know, acquisition talks. You know, that's pretty well, cool. I,
2: I think it was more than just like, you know, how to fix the game, um, um, Microsoft or Phil Spencer had just, you know, when when the Fallout 76 debacle took place, um, Phil Spencer had pretty much grabbed the wheel of the the Titanic known as Xbox, and I mean, righted that ship. And so Phil Spencer knew a thing or two about kind of uh, like uh, bringing something br- back from the brink. And I'm pretty sure Todd Howard, um, you know, I, you you come off that high of you know this is the come on it's a bethesda title there was a lot of hype around fallout 76 and then that high it goes from hype to kind of like what we saw with uh with cyberpunk almost like damage control mode and so i'm pretty sure it went way beyond just the technical uh ability to fix the game but almost like uh the mental the mental stuff that comes along with it um because it's like hey we've all been here, you know, you just got to kind of keep trucking along. This is what I did. This is what got me through, you know, some uh, pretty crazy times over at Xbox. I can only, you know, we've all talked about if Phil Spencer ever wrote a book, you know, it'd be a very interesting book. Um, I've been sitting here listening to everybody chatting, kind of like forming my thoughts in my head because it's everybody's talking about the games and I don't know why, maybe just because I think differently. I look at, when I see Phil Spencer speak, I see everybody talking about, you know, how the legacy title that, how can Bethesda make this exclusive? You know, how is this possible? And the only thing is I, I feel in some way that Microsoft, Phil Spencer, all the people involved, um, are at this point where they're probably going to start just, I don't want to say acting. They are just going to do what Nintendo does. And Nintendo no- knows that they have a great set of games that come out of their studios that bring a, ver- that bring a fan base that they are willing to cater to. Um, and so it, basically, Microsoft is now feeling that almost Game Pass or the Microsoft sy- ecosystem is bigger than PlayStation. There's no reason for them to compete. They don't need PlayStation. And that, that's going to be a hard pill for a lot of people to understand and swallow um, because I understand competition is king. Competition is going to keep this whole thing going forward. But if you really kind of look at what they're talking about, their end goal, they've never really treated PlayStation like competition. They've never acknowledged PlayStation as a real source of competition. They've always looked forward at Google and, and the Amazons and the other companies that uh, can definitely kind of go toe-to-toe with them when it comes to the size of the wallet. Um, and I just really, a lot of people are going to have a hard time accepting the fact that there is going to be people in Xbox that really feel that they are bigger than PlayStation. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, keep in mind, too, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously competition is a good thing, but... Um, you know, Mike... Well, I'm just
2: saying, like, competition's a good thing, but it's also, how do you keep something exclusive well, no, by I... thinking you're bigger than the other guy?
0: No, exactly. Just at the same time, though, I mean, you look at what some of Microsoft's, like, they, they for example, they had rated Google <laughs> as one of their competitors, and uh, look what happened. As soon as, uh, well, you know, as soon as uh, word got out that Microsoft had bought Bethesda, for crying out loud, they... They uh, kind of put their the tail between their legs and then shut down their studios. So you know, um, it's amazing when you see power moves like that and just how it ripples well, across the well, industry. Now this
2: is where this is where now because Microsoft is going to see themselves at least they're ecosystem i'm not saying xbox we're talking the full-blown xbox ecosystem pc xbox any device that pc can i mean that game pass can be put onto. that can include in the future televisions streaming streaming sticks and other devices because they have this this idea or this um this concept that they want to follow or the north star as david preen likes to call it um this that whole concept almost in a way is bigger than PlayStation because PlayStation is only a hundred million, PS4 is only a hundred million strong. That means that is the size of that ecosystem. Microsoft is looking to expand that ecosystem as much as they possibly can, or at least their ecosystem. And I will definitely say the one thing that this competition is going to definitely bring is it's going to grow the PlayStation ecosystem. Like, this is where this is where this is the other set of that coin. Jim Ryan and them right now are probably like, oh, my God, we have lost a lot of third-party developers that were creating our, um, our um, online or multiplayer-style multiplayer games. Uh, this was caused by the purchase of uh, Bethesda ZeniMax through Microsoft. Epic Games even produced, I mean, bought the uh, creator of, uh, what was it, F- which one was it, Fall Guys?
0: Yeah, Epic Games bought uh, well Tonic Media, but yes, the studio came uh, Media Tonic. That's correct. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. So we have all these big players that are buying these studios, basically, somewhat kind of systematically removing content uh from playstation uh because it's going to now go to multiplat, or it's not even going to show up on playstation at all so now jim ryan's going to have to be like we need to find developers within our own ecosystem that can start creating these style of games so we don't pull a microsoft and then we have a game like um what was your favorite one uh invader you have a t-shirt for it. it's the dragon game that the game that never
0: was <laughs> scale bound
2: Scale bound. See, (laughs) like this is like this is if Jim Ryan and PlayStation don't get something going on within their internal studios right now, when it comes to some of these games, um, especially when it comes to the multiplayer style games, uh, they potentially are going to have a scale bound situation pop up.
0: Maybe. Um, I mean, they do have some interesting uh third party exclusives right now, but you know we'll have to wait and see on that one like again they playstation is still very popular they have a huge install oh they're very
2: very very popular very popular um it's just um I have always. Everybody that's always asked me, they're like, "How could Microsoft possibly make these games not multiplat? What? Why have there's all this money on PlayStation?" And it's like, "Well, what if you feel? What if they feel they're above PlayStation? What if, you, if they feel like they don't need them? If they feel like they don't need PlayStation, there's a big flaw in your argument because that means they don't care about the money over there."
3: Well, the thing is, they make more money getting. Locking people into their own well, ecosystem, exactly, spending exactly. on their accessories, buying their games. So if you're if they get the you know, big casual market to like, I'm just going to play exclusives like the first party Sony exclusives on my PlayStation. And I'm just going to spend all my other time throughout the year on my Xbox because there's so much stuff in Game Pass. So I might as well just play everything there and then just, you know, once, twice a year, I'll jump over and play Last of Us or the new God of War. And that's it. If they can do that, like that's going to be huge for them. So that's it. why they don't care about like, hey, I'm just going to get sixty dollars, or hey, somebody bought a game used, we didn't get any of your money on PlayStation. They're not going to do that without, unless Game Pass is there, which I don't think they're going to do that because mm-hmm. at that they they probably still want to have that no. console presence like Xbox. So I think they and they don't they don't need to do it. So. Unless the I feel like really Phil Spencer was very concise
2: in saying that whole Game Pass comment.
0: I think, well, it was done purposefully. Like, I mean, you could say he was a little bit vague, but I, I think he chose the wording of uh, Game Pass very, very purposefully, so...
2: Well, yeah, because it it opens the world of like, well, he said that Game Pass has to be on these platforms, not maybe um, or a what if has to be on these platforms because the way Game Pass works is you can either play it on Game Pass or you can purchase the game from the Xbox store, blah, blah, blah. And that's where um, I, I really feel like he was very concise in saying on platforms where Game Pass exists. Um, and we all know that you can put uh, Game Pass uh, in a streaming stick. We all know that you can put Game Pass in a chip in the back of a television. That's no big deal. The big what if is, can you put Game Pass on the PlayStation Network?
3: Yeah, I noticed. I did see a lot of people were like upset, and, like, why can't he just like call him Mor- Moriarty, who I like, uh, was like, why does not he just say it? Why didn't he just say that these are exclusive? Like, if it was Sony or Nintendo, they would just say it. And no, they probably wouldn't, because guess what? They haven't bought a giant big publisher. So it kind of makes those things hard. If you buy Insomniac, who you know is only making one game and one exclusive for you, it's kind of easy to say. Yeah, but that's where exclusives. They never bought a publisher that had their hands in everywhere, already signing deals with Sony. Like they've never bought a publisher. They're not probably going to anytime soon. So it's kind of easy for to say that because they wouldn't.
2: So they're I remember seeing can't. all the articles pop up from uh, people saying they were no longer going to trust Phil Spencer because the man that said that exclusives hurt the industry. And this well, is the this is where that's the
3: funny thing, you're right? <laughs> you know, no one's read that article because people don't know how to read these days, but or right. they're just lazy and don't um, just read the headline and that's it. But.
2: That's where I had to say the only flaw with the idea of the exclusive is in Phil, in my opinion, in Phil Spencer's eyes, a Game Pass, PC, Xbox, the ecosystem that he has helped build is sick. He knows how many people are on that ecosystem. So he could fundamentally believe he's like, I am technically bigger on PlayStation on numbers. I just don't report it because I don't like fueling that part of the console war. Um, and that's where I just feel like, um, it, that's where my whole concept of the, the whole idea that they don't care um, or they're not worried about it is just because they don't need to be over there to exist. They have done their own thing and they know that they're going in the right direction. It, it Marching to your own drumbeat has worked for Nintendo. It's worked for PlayStation Microsoft has found their direction. They have found the way to guide the consumer base that they are looking for. And, you know, I really don't know what to say to PlayStation, but regretfully, um, they're going to have to kind of pivot and change just like Microsoft had to pivot and change. Um, and I, this is all a result of all the heckling, bullying, all the comments, the articles. All the the side-handed comments that were thrown across Twitter. You can't go out to the playground every single day and pick on the same kid day after day until that kid goes to the gym and bulks up and becomes the Braun Strowman of WWE and is basically a freaking raging monster. And you have now created the new form of Xbox. And this is what hmm. people are now going to have to deal with.
0: I'm just picturing now uh, Centurion. I don't know if you've seen those old South Park episodes, but like Cartman, he gets like the uh, weight gain 4,000 bulking up. And then he's just like a huge, huge fat ass. <laughs> oh,
2: God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so time to get these guys some weight gain 4,000. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, these are aggressive moves by Microsoft. And again, I'm just, I'm really excited. Apparently, uh, Again, they they have big plans for uh, summer so- uh, showcases, uh, both Bethesda and Microsoft. So I'm very curious to see what they'll be showing off. Um, <laughs> Starfield. <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff, guys. And there's even more stuff to dive in here. Um, like uh, 20 uh, Bethesda games have made their way to Game Pass. Again, the Dishonored games, a whole bunch of Dooms, The Evil Within. Open
3: another Studio
0: yeah yeah the um what was it zenimax opened uh, a studio in wisconsin i believe and there's over I, I could be mistaken but there was a job listings for about like a bare minimum 200 people around bethesda and zenimax so there's uh oh,
3: that that line came up a lot i heard uh this past week uh sony creates or a, what was it uh microsoft i can't even say the line now it's so stupid <laughs> like sony creates uh just and basically like microsoft buys everything um but you're the see sony did that too see they bought those studios and then they did create stuff so then that's mm-hmm. when sony creates stuff so but see when the next like ip or the next games that get developed under microsoft they're not going to say microsoft creators, they're just going to say you know they oh they just like took them like, that's all. They didn't create them. Oh, the next IP that you know Bethesda makes—that wasn't them. They—that was Bethesda. I'm like, no, they're under Microsoft now, just like when Insomniac you know made Resistance under Sony after Sony took them. So that line was—it's all going going around. I'm like that. It just—that doesn't make any sense. Microsoft takes Sony creates. It has mm-hmm. no. It's, it's just a, a dumb thing to say. Well, since. Literally, Sony bought almost all their studios. They didn't just create yeah. them out of nothing. Yeah. They went like, hey, we're going to... you you Look, you guys have some pretty good talent. You guys made Crash. Cool, we're going to take you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't build you organically. You did build them up over time after you bought them, but...
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. And even also, too, just to, with even more Bethesda news, uh, five Bethesda games got uh, frames per second boosts over uh, Xbox Series consoles, what was it? Dishonored, Skyrim, Fallout 4 and 76. Woo. And I believe. Pre. Fallout
2: 4, man. I went and checked that game out. I'm. pro That, dude, that looks like a whole new game.
0: Really? That much of a difference? I mean, I've been seeing people posting pics and clips and everything. Well, definitely. When so, you go from 30
3: gotta... to 60 frames, it's definitely a well, big difference.
2: I think it's also more than the thirty to sixty frames, though, because you got to remember we played this game when it first came out, technically on an Xbox One S at best. Because I, I think like because I, I don't know exactly when Fallout Four came out, but I, I think the think like hopped up console available time was an S. Yeah, it was a, or it was twenty fifteen is when it dropped. So yeah, it, well yeah, so it might have even been an Xbox One, yeah, um, still one, so. You got to remember, man, Bethesda games are known for being hella glitchy and hella buggy and just have all the, you know, the greatest things in the world happen in the in the world of uh, Fallout and Skyrim. And because now we're playing these games on our on our Series S's and our Series X's, I mean, these games feel like almost new games just because of the stability in the game itself itself. And then, um, the 60 frames a second is like the icing on the cake. I mean, like, you get that fluid look, everything looks clean. Um, like, you're not seeing nothing crazy happen on screen. Um, you know, sometimes Fallout games, there's just so much going on they like, they, they had just popping. Like, I mean, dude, I've seen animals fall out of the sky in, in Fallout because the game loaded them like way up in the sky, and then all of a sudden, the, the animal just falls out of the sky right in front of you. So, I mean, you're not seeing stuff like that take place right now, at least in my experiences. So, I mean, it, it feels like a almost like a whole new game just because of the stability alone.
0: Mm-hmm. Which reminds me, I really got to go back to the uh, Fallout Four DLC. I still got to, I still got to beat the the Far Harbor one, uh, the amusement oh. park one. Yeah, the oh, I just I, I got to go through them all. It's it's insane. So
2: Far Harbor was fun. Uh, Far Harbor was like on a little couple islands. Um, now the amusement park one, that one was massive. Um, and the amusement park DLC gave you the ability to, uh, actually become a raider. And Mm -hmm. if you take over in a certain situation, you can almost, uh, take over the, the amusement park and you actually can start launching raiding parties on settlements in the fallout four game. I was, uh, like yeah, it completely changed the game when you get the uh, the DLC for the uh, the amusement park.
0: All right, all right, I'm definitely gonna have to dive into that again. That's a part of my uh, my backlog, right? Um, you know, you I,
2: Good luck on that backlog with that one game alone.
0: Yeah, I, I know. I'm. Uh, oh, it's it's rough, pal. You know what? <laughs> um, since we've been talking so much about you know, PlayStation the past couple of minutes. Why don't we move on to some PlayStation news, guys? Uh, Because I feel like we do have to cover this. And not to be outdone, PlayStation had some announcements of their own. And, okay, here's one example. On a PlayStation blog, it was announced that industry veteran uh, Jade Raymond has started a new independent studio named Haven Entertainment. And it's already working on an unannounced new IP for uh playstation as well sony announced that they've acquired evo the evolution championship series it's known for its fighting game tournaments uh very popular you see a lot of media out when whenever it's on shockley buddy i'm curious about this one what do you make of sony's recent moves
3: yeah i think that's pretty good for them um well, actually, I I hear the uh, the studio with Jade Raymond is
0: not a first party studio, but it's just no. one
3: that they're like, no, in, but they I mean, they're, they're developing an
0: exclusive in. IP though. Okay, uh,
3: but yeah, that's I think I don't know if this was is probably just like well timed news of like after the holes and the Max deal got announced as closure. Uh, but I mean that's that's a great way whether this is you know the one they're investing in. Or you'll probably see more news like this in the future of them, you know, either acquiring another studio or building a new studio, kind of like Microsoft did recently with the initiative. I mean, that's what some of these deals are going to do. It's only going to breed some more of this competition, you know, make Sony think, like, okay, we're going to need more content because, yeah, maybe right now, Xbox doesn't have a lot of games at the moment, but you can just see five years down the road, they're going to have a lot of content consistently, you know, at AAA quality out of you know, a giant publisher like Bethesda, let alone their own, you know, pre-existing first-party studios. Uh, The Evo news, though, um, I mean, that's cool for them. I guess for investments, they want to, because, I mean, I guess they can put their, you know, systems at the forefront. I think I did see some articles say this is going to help them sell uh, 200 or 300 million consoles. No, that's not going to happen. That's not. <laughs> so I don't know where that new, where that like article just came out of nowhere with that. So like going around, but, um, but I did like the e- that's cool with the VR. Did see that, which is great because, as a VR owner or PSVR owner, I refused to buy the whatever the Move controllers. First off, you could like never find them, and if you did, they were like used and they looked gross because those like white balls on the top were always like used. They're yellow or just, like, dirty, it looked like. No one took care of them from the previous gen. Um, So these ones look like they're probably going to be on, hopefully, on par with some of the, like, the Vive and some of the other um, premium headsets out there, hopefully. So I'm excited for that. So that that should be cool. Um, But, yeah, I mean, good for them. We'll see what about their, uh, they did unveil that new Project Athea, Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's not their IP because that's a timed exclusive, so that worked yeah. good. But um, is now Force Force spoken. At first, I was like, "What was this Force game there?" It's because I thought Project Athea was like what they were just calling whatever the game was. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah I, I guess the uh, the Jade Raymond's good pickup. Apparently, she's had people were kind of pinpointing of like, "Hey, she's gone from studio to studio, and all the studios like projects have." got shut or closed down or canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Harrison, like, hey, just I don't I don't think it's like a Phil Harrison thing. It's just like he was just at those companies at the wrong time because it's not like he was like, I don't think super high up with Microsoft. He was um, I think it may be in charge of I can't remember, maybe the Europe, uh, you know, division maybe for Microsoft. So I think that was just the wrong time it's not like he was going to save or turn around uh ps3 <laughs> when it first dropped that was just mm. that was you know if they they could have that he just at the wrong wrong times i think same probably with this with jade raymond's uh past
0: right yeah well yeah i'd rather i don't want to say that jade raymond's been a, a bad omen for all these studios or ips but uh no no obviously she's a a uh, very talented lady, and uh, you know, obviously, I wish her the best going forward with this IP. I'm ha- I'm really happy to see that she she really um, instantly uh, formed a new studio after leaving uh, Stadia. So she got out of there um, and did something pretty quickly. Um, good on them, good on them. I'd be curious, to, like it's a new IP uh so you know that's good i mean playstation's being aggressive in their own ways who knows what else they're they've got planned too because you, you know you got to imagine right xbox has been hogging all the news the past month so them making these announcements uh you know it kind of gets them at the forefront a little bit too but i mean i don't see how you trump uh, bethesda in any way right so
3: i think that's what these were like i think these were things they were probably gonna talk about later as we got closer to like e3 to drop like little bits um because it's kind of weird to show off hey here's these controllers which we're probably not going to talk about for the next few months and i don't think they dropped too many details on them from what i saw going around i haven't read the, like any articles on them but it, it felt like this was just like hey we haven't been talked about lately in a while let's just sprinkle some of these things so at least
0: mm-hmm. we're in
3: the news a little
0: you know Yeah, and well, Returnal, that game, I think it's coming out. Isn't it coming out at the end of this month, if I'm not mistaken?
1: Yeah, Yeah, April, right? Is it end of March or April? Yeah, one of the two. It's, It's very soon.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's had some more uh, gameplay shown and I don't know, I, I find it pretty interesting myself. I think there's a lot of cool aspects to it, but I haven't been seeing it get uh, the kind of spotlight that I think Sony would have liked too, so I think that's why they're also dropping these little tidbits as well. Um, yeah, it's
1: April 30th, by the way. $70. April
0: 30th. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, actually, yeah. Saying, shouldn't yeah, they buy Housemark?
3: Yeah, they that, should yeah. house and Blue Point, probably.
0: <laughs> those are the ones,
3: those are probably their next purchase,
0: I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I could definitely see because they have a pretty good relationship with Blue Point after uh, Demon Souls and working on a bunch of the other. What else did they work on? I think they worked on the Uncharted collection, if I'm not mistaken, and on some other stuff. But yeah, no, they've done some good stuff. Um, because you see the, these relationships forming in the industry, and it just, it kind of makes sense, right? It's kind of like, uh, you know, I, I link it to Microsoft buying Playground games. It's like, you're already making these exclusive titles. That's all you're doing. Why not? Just, just go for it. Just buy them as it is, you know. Don't make the mistake of uh, letting this developer go. Much like uh, what Microsoft did to Bioware, for example, right? So, they had a chance, but... Oh, well. But, yeah, I mean, you know, just some interesting PlayStation news, guys. Um, Evo... Evo's... I don't know, I really don't know what to say. It's kind of random that they bought uh, that championship, but...
3: I see it as, like, not Crunchyroll, just like, that's just another one they're just putting in their, you know, media acquisition. I, I don't see it's going to make any, you know, I don't know, big swing of anything, really, in the gaming space, other than, you know, they can highlight, you know, hey, use our, you know, controllers, or you'll see their branding, like, everywhere, other than that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, Mike Microsoft bought uh, Smash GG, just a bit ago too. Mm-hmm. So I mean they've both kind of made these kind of moves, uh, more for I imagine like you just said, Shockley, marketing um down the road more than anything else.
3: Yeah. And game is getting really big, so especially yeah. like competitively and you know, I think that's I mean it's I think it's a smart purchase for them. I don't think it's a bad choice, but
0: No, no, just interesting and uh it just it shows you where they're going. Oh,
3: my so God. Evo, like I mean, that's that's, a, that's cool, I guess. It's not like a big news, but it'd be better, bigger news, you know, if they bought, like, oh, they bought Blue Point finally. Cool. They, you know, secured them. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, hopefully they have some uh, fighting games to show off in the next couple of years since they bought them, right? So, <laughs> and I don't think the next Street Fighter is exclusive to them. So, I don't know. They're going to have to. Uh... Yeah.
3: It's in a much better state than they were when they signed that deal. So,
0: yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Capcom are m- much more much financially different. stable. Well, supposedly. I mean,
3: if anyone was gonna try to like buy them up, that would have been the time to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well either way guys it's interesting the moves that Sony are making and it's good you know it's it's uh, it's healthy. Uh the only thing is I know a lot of people are saying in the chat about uh what was it recently uh you know Sony had closed uh, some of their Japanese offices, uh, their gaming offices. So you know their their, their presence in Japan is you know, not as strong as what it used to be. So or where their focus I'm surprised
3: is. surprised that you don't
0: know, do they have
3: any other was that their only studio that they had in japan
0: um not a hundred percent sure i'll admit but i th- they were just um i mean i
3: know they haven't done much in a while from what i remember i mean i think the last big ip they did was like what shadow of the colossus
1: yeah they had become more of a support studio at this point they had already kind of wound down and were helping That's out other be teams. Odd, that if
3: playstation yeah. doesn't i don't know if like I was asking before if like that's the only Japanese studio they have at the moment but or was <laughs> but it's it would be funny that Sony no longer has one uh, Microsoft has Tango now <laughs> so that would be interesting well um how that would how that would I, uh, swing what happened I did a
2: uh <clears throat> I read an article from a a gentleman from uh they did a the gentleman uh for, I think it was for Bloomberg and the gentleman worked for the Wall Street Journal of the Japanese division in Japan, obviously. And they talked about how the marketing team for in Japan uh, pretty much sat on their hands during the launch of the PS5. It was all held by uh, the entire thing was done by all the marketing teams here in North America. Uh, they made significant normally, uh, with, uh, the Japanese market or the Asian market, there was two versions of the console. There was their version of the console and the version everybody else got. Well, for the first time, I guess in a long time of tradition, uh, PlayStation did not launch two versions of the console. They basically said, you're getting the same version as everybody else. And it had to do with the controller design and where the X and the O button were. Um, and, uh, so yeah, PlayStation, if you read the articles coming out of Japan, PlayStation has pulled a lot back in that part of the world. It goes more beyond developers. They're also talking marketing, uh, developer support, all that stuff. And that this has a lot of developers almost looking, at microsoft because they got this amazing product called game pass where your game can learn to thrive in a whole new world and people are taking notice of this i really think that we're gonna see microsoft's presence in the asian market explode this generation
0: Mm -hmm. well i I would keep an eye too on south korea as well because they've been making a lot of pushes there especially with xcloud but i'm very curious to see how the Japanese uh, market reacts to to a growing Xbox ecosystem. Again, they're not done, and I'll be curious to see what other studios or partnerships, third party deals that they make as well, because they're not giving. They're not. I think there's going to be a renewed interest in Japan from them, but uh, we'll see as time goes on, fellas. Um, you know what, guys? I think we'll move on to some other things, but again, some big news uh, from Sony as well this week. Again, good on them for uh, you know being competitive and doing what they do. Um, recently, Xbox Game Pass it was teasing a new addition to the service, and while a few days ago it was revealed that Outriders would be dropping into Game Pass Day 1, the same day as release on April 1st, and no, that's not a joke. Um... And it's pretty cool, considering it was one of the more notable AAA games releasing, well, in the next month or so, anyways. Now, I'll put this open to whoever wants to take a crack at this first on uh, the panel. Um, Xbox is just killing it with Game Pass editions these days. Um, Would you guys say that this is a significant move, having Outriders Day 1 in the service?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Of course it is. Uh, This was a next... I don't know if you want to call it domino, if you want to call it step or evolution towards, uh, what they envisioned game pass to be, uh, down the road, uh, especially, um, and shout out to you invader, by the way, before I forget, brother, awesome that you had some, uh, lost planet Two gameplay throwing in there, man. That was pretty <laughs> sweet. <laughs> One of my old favorites, man. That was awesome to see. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I definitely think that, uh, this is, um, this is another sign that developers are starting to seriously consider Game Pass as um, an addition to for launching a game. And I think when you have a game like Outriders... Uh, Arguably the biggest game to launch in 2021 yet, um, up to this point. Uh, It is a triple A game, um, but uh, I think they looked at the demo downloads. Uh, I think they said it was right around 2 million and probably were a little disappointed. Um, And then you've got, you know, Square Enix being the publisher. They just, they've come off the Avengers debacle. um, So Mm -hmm. they may have had. Um, a little, you know, some, a little gun shy to them at this point, right? So they see the demo numbers; they're probably a little disappointing, and they're saying, "Okay, what can we do?" Well, along comes Microsoft and says, "Hey, uh, Game Pass is still, uh, still open." Uh, here's some money if you want to throw Outriders in here and have about, uh, you know, probably at this point 20 million eyes on that game instantaneously, and you'll probably get a nice player base, at least out of the Xbox side. Now, it, it is, uh, you know, cross-platform play, uh, not progression, but it is cross-platform Form play, but we're gonna we're gonna provide you with an established customer base, and if you put it in here, chances are you're probably going to see a lot more activity. You're gonna see a lot more engagement out of this game, and I think Square Enix probably looked at it and said, "Yeah, let's do that. Um, let's take a little bit money up front, uh, which is going to cut some of the risk uh, that they have involved with publishing the game, um, and let let's get it out in front of more people." Um, and I think. This is something that you're going to see more uh, frequently as we move forward. I think Sega coming out and talking about how successful Yakuza has been uh, moving over to Game Pass and and what a boon it has been for that series and for Sega uh, really opened some eyes. And obviously, you know, people in the industry talk. um, So I think... Uh, that the word is getting around about, you know, obviously with EA uh, jumping on board by putting EA Play in there. Um, I think the word is getting around that Game Pass can be extremely beneficial. And I think down the road, I'm not saying that we're going to see like Call of Duty or, you know, a Battlefield or or something like that drop day and date in Game Pass. I, I don't think we're that to that point yet. At some point, could we be? Maybe. Uh, but I think what you are going to start to see is because there's going to be so much content hitting Um, because we have more developers uh, more publishers more money and more people involved in gaming than in the history of gaming we're going to see so much coming out down the road let's say you know at the end of this year you know walking into 2022 2023 you're talking about an avalanche of games on all platforms there's going to be games that are could possibly get lost in the shuffle. We, we uh, I think most people remember what happened to Titanfall 2, right? They, they chose a bad release point, and the game kind of got buried. Um, and it didn't do well like they expected it to. And so what you're going to see is some of these publishers and developers looking at Game Pass and saying, okay, so we've got this great game, what we believe is a great game, but we don't want it to get lost if, if it's got a release window where you know there's, there's two other giant triple a's coming out we don't want it to get lost let's drop it in the game pass let's take microsoft's upfront money xbox's upfront money and let's get it in front of all these people on game pass and that's going to that trend is going to start uh, increasing as Microsoft's game you know as as Xbox gets Game Pass to grow. So let's say by the end of this year they stay on pace and they hit thirty million. I think personally it could be thirty-five million if everything hits properly. But let's say it's thirty, thirty five million. Let's say by the end of next year it's fifty million. At that point you're not going to be able to ignore it if you're a, a developer or a publisher because getting your game in front of that many people instantaneously, and they've already come out and started talking about the stats. Sarah Bond just came out about how much more, uh, you know, the percentages, I think it was 20% uh, uh, people that uh, subscribe to Game Pass uh, play 20% uh, more overall games. Uh, they play 30, they, they, uh, something like 30% more. Um, uh, uh, different types of games, genres of games, or 40% more different genres of games and they spend about 20% more than the average gamer does. So when you get that that base of game pass to a, to a, a, a point. Um, and I don't know what that point's going to be. I, I think we're, we're getting close, but I think between 30 and 50 million, there are going to be a lot of people that say, let's do it. Let's get it in there because we already know that that's going to give it a better chance of success than if we just try to do a regular release. And, and again, I'm not talking about all games. I'm not talking about, we're just going to see everybody beating down Microsoft store, Xbox's door to, to, get it on Game Pass. But what I'm saying is you're going to start seeing more and more, you know, those big triple A AAA- um, maybe not the biggest names, but the big triple A's, maybe newer IPs that they're that people are trying to get, um, you know, that just came out, first time IPs. You're going to start to see those wind up in Game Pass, and I, I think that's going to be a great thing. Um, and I so I do see this as the start of, of that movement. Um, so mm-hmm. I definitely think I, I like the direction we're going here.
0: Well, I see so, co-op heavy uh, games, like uh, yeah. games that people where. You know, let's say you buy the game, you know, somebody's friend might be like, well, you know, I, I don't know. Like, uh, I could see those doing extremely well or more more developers of those uh, types of games being tempted to join in. Because, again, you look at Outriders and I'll admit uh, it wasn't exactly on my radar. I have been meaning to check out the demo and I've heard like a few mixed things about it. But I mean, overall, I heard the gameplay was all right, and uh, you know, I'm all up, I'm all up for co-op experiences. You know, just shooting the shit with friends online, obviously. So you know, it might be something I might check out. There's more incentive for me to check it out now that now that's in yeah. Game Pass.
1: Exactly, and we see second the second extinction is coming, um, and obviously like Exo Mecca um, and those types of games. To your point, uh, Invader uh, definitely uh, those multiplayer uh, type co-op games uh, would definitely benefit from a player base uh, that instantane um, you know instantaneously is there from Game Pass. Definitely can, a big deal. Can I attest to that for a moment? Yeah, no, I wish I
3: was preach. Like, preach.
2: Was not, well, yeah, preach. Uh, Guys, we're going to get some paint drying on the wall here um, because we're going to talk... Like, technically, there's a game in Game Pass that's been flying under the radar. I've been playing it for years. I've sunk a lot of money into it. Um, So that's ESO. And I remember uh, for a while there, ESO was becoming... uh, The player base for it was pretty stagnant. I mean, you could walk through areas where, like, it'd be empty. Um, And then I remember when it went into game pass and i chuckled i was like oh wow i already own that game but that's funny and i didn't really think about it at the time but then all of a sudden i noticed in playing the game i'm like there's people all of a sudden and there was more people and then there was more people and now when they have these expansions and all this um these other events there's a lot of people all of a sudden and it completely changed the game. I've seen what Game Pass can do for a player base. Um, I don't care how much money someone's putting in their wallet at the end of the day. Um, because obviously that's the one thing that's benefiting me is the game that I'm playing. And that I am seeing a, an increase in player base. And this is where I have high hopes that um, now outlanders is going to be a much bigger game than it already was um i think i mentioned this to you last night pong on the shop podcast um that I, i not only is um what's their name square enix a little gun shy but i also feel like uh we have a lot of consumers right now a little wallet shy uh because of the the avengers debacle in general um so i it's really nice to see that they they did release a demo to kind of gauge where they were at and now obviously square enix is pivoting and um i really feel that you know you can have a company that kicks ass constantly um you, you could be a person who kicks ass constantly it's always great when you have your ducks in a row and you're like a locomotive in the train that can't be stopped but it's that moment you have to pivot is what really counts because sometimes it's what makes or breaks you. And that's where I'm watching Square Enix pivot, and I really feel this is going to be a successful pivot for them. And I really hope uh, that Outlanders is going to have a strong player base as a result. Um, you mentioned um, Second extension. Um, I'm hyped for this game. I'm ready to play this game. Um, I can't believe that um, this game has been flying under my radar. I almost thought about buying it on PC just to play it early. Um, So definitely uh, the future is grand when it comes to Game Pass for anybody involved, player, uh, developer, publisher. um, Sky's the limit, at least right now, with the situation that Microsoft has created with it. And how long before we see Avengers (laughs) <laughs> it, won't, it won't take long oh yeah exactly and that's where and then And then. I think that's going to be one of those pivot. pivotal another domino is when we watch a game where it's literally tumbleweeds and echoes uh, because I, I see articles right now people saying that like once you play the main game of Avengers there's really not much there because the player base isn't there um, and I feel by putting a game like that in game pass you would all of a sudden have a player base
0: well, yeah, that was their own fault, though, not having the content there at launch. Oh, and that's where
2: I, I kind of joke, man. Games as a service, or mm. serv- game, like look at like the reason why I brought ESO up in the first place is they are technically the most played MMO on console right now. Be, putting the game in in Game Pass totally changed that world for them, and. I kind of was going at the idea of games as a service is kind of like a scratcher ticket for developers. You can either hit a jackpot and get a really good game as a service, like a Fortnite, destiny. Uh, but no matter what, it's always a roller coaster. One minute it's up one minute. It's down, but that's where you definitely need to be ready for games as a service. You can't just give people a short little campaign and then not really give them anything past that. Um, and that's where I hope Square Enix has learned their lesson with that with Avengers, and obviously you see them putting a lot of effort into fixing Avengers, so I really do see that at this point they've put a lot of effort into wanting to make
3: sure that Outlanders is also successful. It is interesting that they also get a big publisher like Square to drop it in there day one, Uh, but I think that's a safe bet for them because it's really only on Xbox and Cloud, not PC and PlayStation that they're doing this, so they're still kind of like you know, having their safe bets over there. And this is just going to help kind of get word of mouth out, which might help boost sales on those other platforms. So pretty much a Mm win-win.
0: Well, they probably saw their pre-order numbers too and uh, were kind of hesitant too. So, I mean... You know, I mean, I'd be curious to see how the uh, conversations went uh, getting it into Game Pass. Actually, I'd love to have somebody from the Game Pass team uh, from Microsoft on at some point. It'd be, uh, I'd love to pick their... Uh, their <laughs> Jim
2: head. Ryan with that crazy hair of his probably on the phone was like, what the what? <laughs> what <When> he found <laughs> out they're putting it in Game Pass. <laughs>
0: Well, it's kind of quiet right now. I mean, okay, there are a few select games, but, I mean, heading into April, where is it? There is MLB The Show. There's a couple of other titles, uh, Returnals, at the end of April. And, yeah, just a select few. So, I I mean, Outriders, as far as I know, is, like, one of the big AAA games coming out, like, as of right now. So... You know, if they're they're nervous and want to go into Game Pass, that's, I don't know, just interesting. Just interesting, the mindset. So, uh, you know, good on that. I'll be curious to see how this all works out. Um, Yeah, guys, uh, you know what? We will move into our last topic of the evening. And, you know, a few weeks ago, we were hearing rumors, some murmurs, if you will, of Xbox having some kind of event for late March. Well, it's been announced that uh, ID at Xbox, there will be a showcase with over 100 games to be shown off, with 25 to debut trailers and gameplay for Xbox exclusives such as Stalker 2, Second Second Extinction, and The Ascent, just to name a few off. Now, Centurion buddy, I'll I'll go to you on uh, this last topic uh, to start off. From the sounds of things, we're going to be seeing a lot of games here. Are there any games previously announced that you'd like to see uh, be showing off here?
2: Man, at this game, I couldn't really think, dude, there is so many games anymore. I am just excited for whatever they're going to, whatever they're going to give us. I mean... Dude, I feel that the golden age or a, another golden age of gaming is upon us. I'm not trying to sound cheesy, um, but I mean, one thing to be taken, I guess, looking at the glass half full uh, with the whole situation of the pandemic is the situation of the pandemic made a lot of us have to stay home. There was a large massive investment in gaming which got a lot of eyes turned on to gaming we're now seeing big studio purchases we're seeing games uh like the ones invader mentioned and i'm just excited for whatever's coming out because my backlog is already a mile long it just became three miles long because bethesda games are now in game pass and and there's a lot of bethesda games that require multiple days of your life to, to truly experience them properly um, I can't begin to think of one game off the top of my head right now, uh, that I could really talk about because there's just so many of them. Um, man, I see it like eve stalker too, like you already mentioned. So I don't want to keep mentioning the same games.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, no, even in the chat, the chat's lit right now. Uh, even games that we haven't seen for a co- like really what a year or two since they've been announced such as a uh, tunic. Uh, Phantom Kraken also brings up The Last night as well. (laughs) Yeah, The Last night. Oh, man, it's been years. I would love to see that title. Um, what was it? Uh, 12 Minutes, The Gunk. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've only seen really, like, one trailer when they first, uh, announced these back, uh, well, back in July, or either May or July, and we haven't seen much of them. So, I mean, strategically, I think it would be interesting and uh, a good idea to see them, Uh, finally show them off now at this separate indie event. Again, there's going to be over a hundred games here with so many more to just debut. So I'm really excited to see this. I know the indie gamers going to be chomping at the bits to see this one. Um, Yeah, I would say Stalker 2. I'm really curious about uh, 12 minutes. I mean, it has a really interesting script and voice cast from the sounds of things. Um... You know what, Centurions, you there's one game here I'd be curious to see there. You made a video about uh, this title way back when I think it was oh, in May. Scorn. 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 That's another indie title. Do you I mean that
2: would be I I could probably see that one being there. Um, you know, we're seeing dude, that would be awesome to see there, especially uh with uh everybody talking about the medium, uh another game that was pretty much built for the series X. And I think that's another game we're going to see with scorn. Um, and it's definitely going to be a different take on a game altogether. I don't know if anybody's ever seen footage of this game. I mean, Oh my gosh. It's like dead space, uh, met something out of, uh, the best way to describe it is they got a lot of inspiration, uh, from the, uh, the gentleman that helped create the art direction for the very first alien movie. Um. Yeah. Uh, like those. Cra- that crazy horseshoe style spaceship, or the the long giant aliens that were up on the walls. Just, I mean, just the creepy, eerie stuff from the very, very first original Alien movie. And they used, I forget the artist's name. I feel Invader. I think I've heard you say his name before.
0: Uh, I believe H.R. Krieger Geiger.
2: Geiger. That's Geiger. R. Yeah. H.R. Geiger. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. And I mean. Man, some of the creature design, uh, this, the concept of the game in itself, man, I'm kind of glad you kind of reminded me because even just reading all the articles, I actually haven't seen any mention of scorn and there's a, there's a lot of people that want to talk about that game. Uh, there's a lot of interest in it and I know originally it was supposed to be two games just because they didn't have the money to make it a one solid game. And then lo and behold, they get some major cash infusion out of nowhere from an anonymous investor, air quotation marks. And, (laughs) uh, yeah, all of a sudden it becomes like, well, we're actually going to now make both games and put them in one complete package, and it's going to show up on PC and the Series X, or, well, the, the Series X, Series S. And so, yeah, I'm actually kind of glad you brought that up because I haven't even, it's not even on, I haven't really seen that game mentioned really in a while.
0: Yeah, it's I've always found it since they announced it a very interesting title. Obviously it was available on PC like a year another or two beforehand, one. but still it just it just catches my eye. Uh it another bo-
2: one that comes to heart uh, comes to uh my mind though, Invader, is one that you turned me on to, Atomic Hearts.
0: Oh yes, yes. Uh <laughs> well Atomic Hearts a special case altogether. Um it's had an interesting development process. Um but it looks like it's coming together pretty well. They've had uh, a cash influx as well. It's I think it's supposed to come out later this year, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, visually, it looks very unique. I I know they have Mick Gordon doing the soundtrack. And <laughs> theme wise, I'm just very, <laughs> I'm very excited to uh, see more of that title because it vo- it both it kind of like score and I was gonna say it intrigues me, but it also repulses me in some ways too because of the organic nature of what's going on. So
2: yeah, if you haven't seen Atomic Hearts or you don't or never heard of it, go watch a trailer for this game and you'll be kind of like, how have I not heard about this? Because I mean, it's just. It's just so interesting that you just want to know more about it, but mm-hmm. that you can't know too much about it. Like the, the game is in development, and like you said, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster ride.
0: Yeah, I'm actually I might do a a video about that game, a bit of a preview too, because uh, not I'm not seeing a lot of talk about it. And I would like to get more, um, just more talk and more. Uh, you know, more eyes on that game because it does, it is, a know, to me, it's appealing anyways. It, it reminds me, it gives me Bioshock now, vibes.
2: Now, here's the thing, this is another reason why we got like, we could preach this golden age thing is these new game consoles, PlayStation 5, um, the Series S, Series X, all of them, the new technology we're getting in consoles. We're seeing consoles now um, almost revel, uh, PC gaming in some way. Um, This has opened the doors for a lot of titles that were being held back because of technology. Good case in point, Cyberpunk 2077. If that game was exclusive to this generation that we're in now with PS5 and uh, Series S and Series X, uh, we wouldn't have seen uh, as many problems with that game as it's had because the game just was meant for this kind of a structure. Um, and I still see that there's a lot of games out there that have been flying under the radar that these developers, I don't want to say, were too ambitious. Uh, they were just way too ahead of the technology that was available to them. Um, in a way, Microsoft and PlayStation held the, held us back uh, with the first designs of the PS4 and the Xbox One uh, because they didn't just go all for it like they did this generation where they wanted to build these, these beautiful machines. Uh, they kind of lost direction at the beginning of last gen, and I feel that uh, that kind of helped hinder a few games, and now we're going to start seeing some of these games pop back up because technology has now got to the point for these some of these games to actually uh, exist on the level that developers want them to because they weren't willing to compromise on how they wanted the game to look and function because of uh, something as silly as a hard drive. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, no well said. Well said. Now, guys, that's not the only event that got announced recently. We also got official word that there will be an Age of Empires fan preview to be held April tenth, uh, with reveals for Age of Empire sorry, Age of Empires four and content for Age of Empires Definitive Editions two and three. Um Do you guys think that we'll get a release date for Age of Empires Four at this?
1: Yeah, for for at least for the PC we will. I don't know if we'll have a console release date yet, but mm-hmm. uh, I think definitely for a PC, I think this is kind of their big, big reveal as far as you know putting it out there exactly when this is going to come out uh, i think uh i think this is definitely a big uh pc release i mean that's that's a huge fan base they've got for age of empires so i definitely fall i think this falls in line uh, with their plans for it and we will get that release date uh, i'm hoping for the console version uh but i just don't think we're going to see it quite yet
0: yeah, I'm I'm with you there, Pong. Age of Empires, I've always... I mean, I'm a huge RTS fan myself. Yeah, me too, um, me too. Of course, I mean, nothing's going to compare to, I mean, playing on a PC at the moment just because of all the control that you have. Uh, saying that, though, I mean, with mouse and keyboard support uh, for these consoles, I mean, that would be the next step, though, is to, again, have a port of some sort, right?
1: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we saw, you know, we saw success with the Halo Wars franchise. It can be done. I certainly, you know, I'm not a PC guy at all. I'm a straight console guy. Um, but I definitely would like, you know, Microsoft to push that keyboard and, and mouse uh, more. And I think they could you know, grow a fan base of us that love RTSs like you, yourself and, and, and me. Um, and I think they could grow that fan base if they pushed it a little bit more. Um, and then once they established that it could be successful, then you, then you could start talking about bringing games like Total War over to console. Um, it's just, it's just getting to that point where it's more acceptable to go out get a you know keyboard and mouse and and knowing that these games are going to be there on the console for you to play and and you know as Centurion was just saying that now that the consoles are becoming more and more PC like i think it would be a natural thing for them to start looking at bringing more rtss to console and allowing or at least advertising the support for keyboard and mouse and saying, "Hey, we know you guys are out there. You guys like RTSs. We want to bring them to the consoles, but we we've get, you know, we got to have your support, um, you know, but here's a list of some great keyboards, you know, keyboards and mice that are, are you work well with the series consoles, you know." If you want to move in and you want to try out these RTS games, please, you know, go out and get this and support us so we can do this. Because I know a lot of devs obviously don't like trying to uh, adapt the controls to a actual physical controller because, as we all know, it's very complicated. I think they did, you know, Creative Assembly did a fantastic job with Halo Wars, uh, too. Um, but yeah. it, it is a it is a lot of work. Uh, but I'd love to see it happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would be very curious to see. I wonder if they would take the approach of uh, how Asobo is doing with Flight Simulator, release the game on PC first, and then a year later, maybe release yeah. it on I do a console thing. But yeah. again, that's just me speculating um i would say though i mean other zinc says yeah halo wars one and two were amazing I, I agree man halo wars halo wars is very underrated very underappreciated too and i i hope that we get a halo wars 3 sometime in the near future oh. we
1: were just playing it last night
0: <laughs> <laughs> no way fired it
1: fired yeah fired it back up me and fun speculation mav and and psychonauts and uh three-bit we fired up the halo wars too it was awesome man
3: Nice. Yeah, nice. it can be tricky. Like RTSs, Diablo, it's fine. But I remember playing Starcraft on the N64. That was a experience.
1: That was a joke.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, you couldn't really play like multiplayer because then it kind of defeated the purpose. Could right. see each other's bases.
1: But the, but the controls were not good on that at all. So. Oh yeah, no.
0: <laughs> hey, now, don't be dissing my Star Fox. <laughs> I love it. Oh no, Star Fox diss. I I can't star cry. Oh, StarCraft. S- oh star. Oh Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um Isaiah in the chat is Crossfire X considered an indie game? Uh, I don't think so cuz well, remedies no. involved, right? Did you that was
3: the best looking game they had last summer. To me, in my opinion, when they showed that off.
2: Mhm. No, actually, indie not. or not, what has happened to that game?
3: Uh, well, it got delayed. It was supposed to come out like I think yeah. in December, but it yeah, it got delayed because of covid but
1: we'll probably see it this summer
3: i mean that's all remedy's doing right now so i mean i'm sure we'll see it soon yeah that's a great exclusive because uh, i was publishing that and i don't think that's going anywhere else since they're the only publisher
0: right yeah i mean people forget like uh how many hands that might be a big game like it could be uh,
3: yeah they are making the alan wake dlc eventually sometime but other than that yeah
0: no, that's true. Well, they might.
3: That might be what they're gonna announce, like this year. They might have a fire year. Halo, that game, possibly Starfield, probably one of these indie games. A couple of them coming out. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, okay. If you consider, because that was delayed, right? Crossfire X wasn't that supposed to originally come out near. It was supposed launch? to
3: come out last year. Yeah. December.
0: Yeah. yeah. So if things align the way I'm thinking, yeah. I mean, it should. It should come out this year, I would think. So that could be a good, good spring game hitting Game Pass day one. Actually, no, that
3: game is not going to Game Pass.
0: Well, keep in mind know. too, guys. We just got a release date for Mech Warrior Five Mercenaries.
1: Weird. Yep, yeah. my birthday. Can't wait <laughs> back <laughs> nice. to mech time. <laughs>
0: hey, I, I love my mech games, and oh. uh, Mech Warrior is a great universe. And yes. again, it's kind of tricky with the. Um, the ownership rights of that game, like that series, you know, with like Mech Assault and Mechworm and, and everything, because it's like Microsoft does own uh, some rights to it, but they also don't at the same time. It's kind of like it's kind of weird how uh, how it works. But uh, I know, yeah, it's coming to Xbox exclusively uh, on the console, but I, I don't I don't know if it's hitting Game Pass or not. So I don't think it is. Yeah, so I don't, I don't so, think it is. Oh. Which is kind of weird, but I have to look more into that. Hopefully, they have some kind of an announcement for that. Um, but it's getting the uh, like the newer DLC with it too, and I'm just I'm excited to uh, to get into that too. I want to see how the controls are too, right? So yeah, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're going from going to be amazing though PC to console, but yeah, no, I'm really excited for that one. Um, you know what guys, I think on that note, we're going to start to wind down things and just uh, go to the outros now, but, uh, panel members, really, really fun show tonight. I really enjoyed all the banter, uh, lots of fun. And of course to all you guys in the chat, all you guys and gals, thank you for joining us tonight. It's, uh, always appreciated. I enjoy, uh, scro- scrolling through all the commentary as, uh, you guys, uh, are chatting away uh, we got Hellboy joining us. Hey, buddy. Six Slayer, you've stayed with us. Jesse Darby, Isaiah, Psychonauts, Other Zinc, Froggy T, Hassan, Mike, Kurt, Phantom Crack, and Thank you for uh, coming out to the show. Infinite, Other Zinc, and so many others. Thank you guys for chilling with us. ATL and many, many more. Um, if you guys haven't already done so, then share this episode out. Drop it a like, and if you haven't already done, subscribe for further TXR content. Um, But yeah, guys, again, really fun show talking about Bethesda officially uh, becoming an Xbox Studio, a part of Xbox Game Studios. Outriders going to Game Pass Day 1 and the ID at Xbox uh, March event. With all that said, let's get to these outros, starting with our guest tonight, uh, Pong Soul Buddy. It was a great experience having uh, you on with us tonight. I know it was uh, very, very last minute, but uh, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, Where can all of our listeners uh, find you and uh, follow you at?
1: Absolutely, appreciate the invite so much, Invader. I've been uh, listening to TXR for a long time, so finally get on here was a fantastic experience, um, and and I really do appreciate it. I, I never take these things for granted, so thank you again. Uh, thank you, Centurion and Shockley, for uh, making it easy to come in here. Obviously, um, that's always the best part of these experiences. So, uh, chat. You guys have been amazing. Thank you all for coming out. Uh, I'll give you this little tidbit too. We were just talking about that showcase would not be shocked to see the ascent Dropped that same day. They announced that it's in Game Pass because the Ascent is supposed to come to Game Pass and their social media has been extremely active and that was supposed to come out last year as well. That would be a big hit for that show if they dropped the Ascent during the show and say, hey, available Game Pass now. Um, you can find me uh, everywhere Pong Soul, Xbox, Twitter. Um, and then you can find me Friday nights on Xbox Ultimate uh, with Fun Speculation, Mav, aka Fun Speculation, his wife, Caitlin three-bit uh knots eight and we hope uh we hope we've got hope that the return of assassin lupa as well um she is kind of back and uh, she is doing better so we're hoping to get her back on the show uh hopefully maybe even next week uh, and that's friday nights 9 p.m eastern standard time saturday nights you can find me on the shop podcast with ptk blam my brother centurion Fuzzy Belvedere and Stagorilla. And we are now on at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with the uh, time change. And then you can. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was fun. Uh, There's a huge a... debate
2: about that. Yeah.
1: Um, And then uh, also uh, just uh, joined Boom Show on Tuesdays for the uh, what was the Xbox one on one with him and Zemi games. It's no longer one on one, I guess. So we don't know what we're going to call it, but I'm joining him on Tuesdays and Zemi. uh, And that starts at 12 p.m. Eastern. And then everybody keep your eyes peeled Tuesday. There should be an announcement. I've got something in the works as a surprise and we should be announcing it Tuesday. But thank you all again. Appreciate you all and uh have a great rest of your sunday night and good week
0: holy shit pong you got more on the go than a jackrabbit in heat
1: <laughs> yeah 2021 i told you clean. that dude's everywhere
0: <laughs> damn buddy no that's good for you uh definitely uh check out uh pong soul here uh becoming uh, quite the popular member in the, uh, Xbox gaming community. Uh, again, thanks for coming on, buddy. Um, moving on down the list here to the TXR crew, uh, Shockley, buddy. Hey, you had some really awesome commentary tonight. Where can everybody follow you?
3: Yeah. As always, you can find me at shock Nero on Twitter, easy shock on Xbox live. And thanks for stopping by. Thanks for, uh, pong for stopping by, especially uh, since a little short handed. Hopefully Tim gets better, uh, fast recovery from that COVID. So, uh, but yeah, thanks for uh, stopping by. Awesome show.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, Tim couldn't make it. Uh, he's uh, under the weather now because he has the uh, the beer bug, the uh, Modelo virus, if you will. And uh, yeah, just uh, wish him well, guys. Uh, he should be back uh, soon. You know, I know he wants to get in on the uh, the all the Xbox news, so he'll be back soon. Don't you worry. And finally, Centurion Pal. Again, always, always a good show. Where can everybody follow you?
2: Well, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, It's been an awesome show. Thank you to the always amazing Mr. Pong Soul for being here at a moment's notice. Always an amazing dude to sit down, chat games with, play games with. Um, Really awesome guy. Just like you, Invader and Shockley. Uh, for uh, me, for those interested in finding me, you can find me right here every Sunday night on the TXR podcast. You can also find me with pong soul right next to Mr. PTK, blam fuzzy and Staggerilla over there on the shop podcast. You can also locate me at Centurion one three Oh seven on Twitter, Xbox live, and right here on
0: YouTube. All right, good shit, Centurion. And finally, I'm Invader, and you guys can find my content over on YouTube at Invader Gaming. I'm also on a large number of different media sites. I upload to Mines, for example, BitChute, and many others. Same name, Invader Gaming. All right, guys, I can't say this enough. Really fun show tonight, and we at TXR cannot wait to see you all here next Sunday night. I can already see that's going to be a good show. Cheers, folks. Have a good one.